0: Welcome back to DQP Does Drafted Quarters podcast network movie review show, where when I point at you, that means I want you to talk. I wasn't going to fire you, but I will now. (laughs) With me this evening is my co-host Russell. I hope he's not being serious about firing me. I should have said that now.
1: Yep. (laughs) Thanks.
0: (laughs) We are continuing our uh, apparently two month journey into sports this summer. Um Woo! with uh Moneyball from 2011 PG 13, two hours and thirteen minutes. I also want to say that Dave is not here and we're very sad about that. Um he had something more important to do, which is actually is more important. Yeah, super actually. Yeah. And uh we hope
1: everything is okay. Yep. He can fill you in next week if he wants. Yep.
0: Um, so money ball. Um is about uh Brad Pitt's character, Billy Bean, um, and his cohort that he finds played by Jonah Hill, uh Peter Brand, and how they uh attempt to use a uh derided method of managing the two thousand one uh Oakland A's or two thousand two Oakland A's. Um in 2001, uh, Billy Bean, uh, they lose to the Yankees in the playoffs. Uh, and then they lose uh, several stars to free agency because they're a small club. They don't yeah. have the money. Three big guys. Uh, yeah, they lose uh, Giambi. I don't remember. I, I, Eisenhausen or something like that. And uh, who was the other one? Good. I don't remember who the other one Is was. Is Eisenhowen okay. also Ifrindor? If, oh, that might be who I don't. I don't, I don't remember. Know. They lose three guys that basically made them uh, a good team yeah. the, the previous year because their team was centered around and built around those three guys. <laughs> yeah. Um and uh and I can't remember the guy who came up with the method that they're using. Um, it doesn't say here. Um, but uh, I'll get you a name. Okay, thank you. Um so they basically get handicapped by having a low salary cap. Uh this is the lowest salary cap in baseball at the time. Um and Billy just wants to win. And um he goes and has a meeting with uh the general manager of the Cleveland Indians and um he's trying to get some some guys to fill out his roster. He's talking to his this general manager and uh this guy in the corner kind of like keeps nodding or saying no to things that Billy is asking and he's kind of getting pissed off because he doesn't know who the fuck this guy is and he's just a kid. Um so after this unsuccessful meeting that he has, he finds the guy in uh in the office and he's like who the fuck are you? <laughs> uh and um, Jonah ends up explaining to him in the parking garage because he doesn't want to be seen talking to basically the opposition in the office. <laughs> uh, he he basically tells him that he's a he's a econ major from Yale, uh, and this is his first job. And he tells him um, the way that he uh, manipulates um, stats to try and. Uh, help the team. And he also talks about how they don't really listen to him. Um, And he continues to talk to Billy uh, over the phone later. Paul DePodeste? Oh, I thought it was like James something.
1: I did too. I keep coming across this Paul guy's name. I don't know who that is.
0: I don't know. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Um so uh he ends up hiring uh Jonah's character Peter go ahead Bill James Bill James Bill James came up with this uh uh way of looking at baseball stats and he proposed it in a book um and everybody thought that he was crazy uh and he was basically like shunned by the baseball community because it wasn't romantic it wasn't how baseball was played um because it was looking at all the players as numbers and getting your wins by through the aggregate of uh stats and as opposed to being like this guy's a good player he's a star he'll carry us you know yeah um basically pissed all the scouts off yeah um because they were about to lose their jobs to computers yeah um so Peter basically which okay, so Jonah Peter Peter is played by Jonah, but I'm just gonna use their actor names because this <laughs> is gonna get confusing. Oh, that's uh, fun. Jonah tells Brad that uh that like this will work, um, and this is how you do it. So Brad brings him in to his scout meeting where they're trying to uh find new guys to replace uh all these guys that they lost. And um, it immediately pisses all these scouts off because they don't know who this guy is, and uh, Brad is listening to this guy and not to them, um, which is understandable. I understand where they're coming from, but whatever. No, he's their boss. They basically like try to build this team through stats, and uh, they run into another roadblock of uh, the Uh, Coach who is played by uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest in peace. Um, Because he disagrees with how they're managing the team as well. Um, And he keeps playing people that aren't part of the plan, Uh, that they still have on the team because they're still useful players, but it's not the plan, right? So he's not following the plan. They they're losing. They're not doing well this season. They're looking like idiots because they got rid of people that would have made this better in, you know, the media's eyes and their scouts eyes and in, in his coach's eyes. Like yeah. everybody is doubting what they did. They figure out that they're going by, uh, bill James's ideas and everybody is like scoffing at how it never worked. And it's, but it's never really been tried. Um, um, so everybody's saying that they're terrible and that they're stupid. And um, they finally manipulate the roster in a way that uh, Phil has to field the team that they're telling him to field the whole time. And when he finally does, <laughs> they start winning and they actually go on the longest winning streak in the American League uh, at 20 games. Um, And they end up in the playoffs and they're killing it. And then they basically get to the same place that they got to the previous year and lose again to who do they lose to the Giants? I think they lose to the Giants. I want to I say it's so. the Giants. Um, and this the, there's a lot of like life stuff going on this whole time because they bring in uh, Scott Hatterberg, which is played by uh, Chris Pratt, and he has like an injury. That prevents him from doing his position uh, that he norm that he always played, uh, which was catcher. Uh, but they put him at uh, first base because you're not going to have to throw as much from first base. Uh, but he has to learn how to play first base. And that's a big sticking point with everyone. Um, and there's stuff with uh, Brad Pitt's family because um, he's like divorced. And has a daughter, and like, you know, stuff with the stepdad and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, normal life stuff. But, um, it goes through this season and they end up basically getting to where they were before, but they also get there with like spending less money. They get there using people that weren't stars. Um, and it gets attention from other people. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the movie, um, He's basically, uh, Brad Pitt's character is basically dejected because they didn't win the World Series, and that was the whole point. It's what he wants to do. Yeah. Um, But he gets a call from uh, the owner of the Boston Red Sox, and he brings him in and and offers him uh, the largest salary of any uh, general manager at the time, uh, which would have been the 2003 season, um, because he sees the potential in this system. And he also has the money to extremely ridiculously take advantage of it. Um, yeah. And and Boston hadn't won uh, a World Series at this point for uh, a ridiculous amount of time um, since sixty two, I think. Like since Babe Ruth, yeah, like maybe. the curse of the Bambino. Yeah, because he was. He says that he says the curse of the Bambino. Um. So like very l- long, long time. So he's trying to get uh, Brad Pitt's character to come and bring this system, and he turns him down because he wants to stay close to his his daughter, and he also wants to win in Oakland because he he believes in the system, and he has a uh, attachment to the franchise in Oakland. Yeah. Um. So he stays in Oakland, and that's the end of the movie. Basically, it, it goes on to talk about. Um, that uh Boston brought in Bill James and used his system um and ended up winning the World Series like uh, a couple of years later. Um ending the Curse of the Bambino. Uh but using the system that uh uh Billy Bean and Peter Brand and you know, Bill James uh yeah. brought to uh Oakland. Yeah. And I mean, that's basically it. Um, it's a, it seems very simple and kind of just like not exciting, but it's a, it's, it's crazy how everything works and like all the interactions with people that don't believe them yeah. and don't believe in, in the system and don't believe in the people that are trying to bring the system and are just Fighting them the whole time while they're still losing, and it's like, why? If we're losing so badly and we're in last place, why fight it? Yeah. Why not? Because we don't. We think we're, you're 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 raging against the machine, basically. You know of <laughs> yeah. of of like <laughs> all these people that believe it should be done a certain way, and it can't be done any other way, even if our way is failing. Yeah. And it's really it's a really interesting movie and concept and it's and um I think it's it's all the acting is phenomenal.
1: Um yeah, the acting is fantastic. I particularly really enjoyed the chemistry between Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Oh yeah. Like this might be like Jonah I love Jonah Hill. Yes. Like but I I like him in, him in these role. understated
0: roles where yeah. he's not just like going crazy. Like I like uh what the fuck War Dogs or whatever. But when yeah. he's or or Wolf on Wall Street when when he's like crazy, it's also fine. But this is also an amazing role for him. Like yeah. completely understated. He is funny sometimes, but it's not. It's not like woo look at me, I'm fucking nuts.
1: Yeah, this he has like the the awkward kind of like. Uh, that's funny because I'm not him.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, which which he also does really well. Like, yeah. So it, um, it's not it's not just him being awkward because he can't act. It's him being like acting very well as this character. Yeah, it's not like a Michael Cyrus situation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> that was pretty rough, dig. Michael fucking right? Him. No, he's not. Um, but yeah. So I love the chemistry between between them there's so many like there's so many great moments in this movie yeah but you're you're right the whole movie is very subtle
0: yeah like it's, it's it's like it's not boring but it's also not like ridiculously exciting except for a couple of parts yeah but like when it gets to those parts they're so starkly different from the rest of it that you're like holy shit yes yeah and I like the, I like the mentorship
1: aspect between yeah. Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Like he's, yeah. he's, like mentoring him. And I love every time he's like, he's like, well, it's just part of the job. Like you're gonna have to do this at some point. Yeah. When he teaches and him he, how to fire someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jonah, Jonah Hill's like, why would I have to do this? And then the interaction when, when Brad Pitt's like, I love the interaction. Cause Brad Pitt says, he's like, he's like, I am you know, I have a high school diploma and I've been doing this for so many years and da, 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 and he's like, yeah. but you like graduated from Yale with an economics degree. And like, <laughs> he's like, he's he's basically just like, obviously this is where you should be planning to be in a few years. Right. Like, let me fucking teach you. <laughs> right. And so I liked, I liked that whole, uh, I liked, I liked that dynamic. Um, and then, uh, my probably my favorite scene in the movie is when Jonah is like, like after Brad Pitt gets the offer and you know, they lost, Mm. but Brad Pitt has this giant offer for money and Jonah's like, Hey, let me, and this is where I felt the whole movie built to. Yes. Like this was like the point for me that I was like, Holy shit! This whole movie built like to yeah. They're this sitting moment. at the table in the clubhouse by themselves, like no one else is there. Yeah, yeah. And Jonah Hill's like, what, "Why don't you come with me for a minute? I want to show you something." <laughs> and yes. Brad Pitt's like, ah, "I'm not in the mood." <laughs> and then he's like, "Well, you know, just come with me. I got to show you something." And that's when you. That's when you know it's going to be something. Like yeah. it's going to be something good. Yeah. <laughs> so he takes him in the room and like shows him footage of this like this larger guy playing baseball.
0: Like 260, this 260
1: pound guy. Yeah. He's a catcher. And he like, he hits the ball and he takes off running for first and he always stops at first. Like yeah. that's the moral of the story. This guy always stops at
0: first. Right. And then this time he tries he, he, to round yeah, first. He, he hit a, he hit a long ball and he like, tries to round first. Yeah, and so, and this time,
1: this one time he tries to round first, he slides and falls. And then he's like trying to scurry back to the plate. And Brad Pitt's just like, why are you showing me this? Yeah, this is terrible. (laughs) Oh man, they're laughing at him. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, but this is before he realizes
0: that he hit Uh, a a home home run. run. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's like, hey man, get up. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm holding on to the first base (laughs) for dear life. I'm not getting up. I know you have the ball and you're going to tag me out. I'm yeah. staying here.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I love that scene. Cause like, cause like, yeah, I mean, sometimes you lose, like, so it's going to happen. Yeah. But like there, there's always a win in there somewhere. Like you just have to find it. And like, sure. But I also like when Brad Pitt's talking about like, no, this isn't a thing that like I get over. Cause like, for a large portion of my life, it was always like, this is a bad thing. I should get over it. Yeah. But at the same time, like he kind of sends this message throughout this movie that he's like, he's like, no, these aren't the kind of things that I get over. Because like some things you shouldn't get over. Like some things you should like take to heart and then either do it harder, do it better, or like carry that lesson with you. Because just getting over it, it's because like, I mean, kind of the moral is like, just getting over it like you're gonna lose that momentum like don't just get over it yeah like carry that lesson sure this whole sports like a couple months might i might be a little preachy
0: <laughs> no it's fine i mean that's kind of i mean like a lot of them are like made to be inspirational stories and stuff and this one's kind of like not really document documentary like but it's sort of like a yeah like a biopic of of these guys, but not really. It's weird.
1: Yeah, it's- I don't I don't know how like I didn't look up how close or factual it is. Yeah. But another key moment is when uh Billy's like doing or Brad Pitt's doing stuff on the computer mm. and Jonah's watching the TV and the T V is like they when they start winning and the TV is like, oh, man, without art, this co- the coach, they'd never get yeah, this yeah. done and all yeah, this yeah. stuff. And I was like, mad. I was like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? Fuck art. Yeah, it's <laughs> it,
0: it was art was it was not art's fault. It was all Billy's fault and the Bull James bullshit. And then when they start winning, it's all arts. You know. It's laurels, yeah. It's (laughs) it's him. It's him pulling it off, even though Billy Bean put him in this terrible position. Yeah, and like Jonah is like getting mad, and and Billy's is just like sitting there. Brad Pitt's just sitting there, like we're winning. We're we were right.
1: Yeah. Joan is literally like, do do you hear the TV?
0: And he's like, (laughs) yeah, "Yeah,
1: we're winning. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. He just blows it off. So that made that to me, like is even more awesome that they did this movie because I'm sure that was the actual narrative. Like I'm sure like Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, so like Billy getting this movie about him, like is fucking awesome. Yeah, Like that makes that hit so much harder. Like
0: I love that. Yeah. That's fucking cool. I I I don't know. This movie's great. There's not a ton for us to like talk about. Um I think there's going to be a lot of interesting trivia stuff. Um cuz there's not like a lot of special effects and shit. It's a it's a baseball movie. Yeah. Know? But did you, uh, did you have like a favorite scene though? I mean, you talked about a couple of really good ones. Uh I actually really like the scenes with his daughter. They're like yeah. Very like heartfelt stuff like yeah. her. He uh, takes his daughter to uh, like buy a guitar for her. Like yeah. One of the only times he gets to see her in the whole movie. And uh, he takes her to this this music shop and he's they're like looking at guitars and. Um, she uh, he gets her to play this guitar and she's like playing a song and humming along and he's like what is that and she's like oh it's a song you know whatever and he's like sing it sing it for me and yeah. she's like no no I'm not singing it <laughs> yeah. in front of people I'm not doing that and he's like come on just do, do just a little bit just yeah. a little, sing it a little bit so she sings a song and it's like it kind of has to do with the plot of a movie because it's a movie and it's you know well written but yeah. like it's also very heartfelt and awesome and then like he plays the song later after he turns the job down yeah and it's Fucking awesome. It's the very end of the movie. Uh, and (laughs) talks about him being a loser (laughs) at the end of the song, and it's fucking awesome. So, but yeah, that those scenes are really good. Um, I really like the scenes where uh, he's talking to the scouts and just basically telling them that they're wrong. Yeah. But I just I I think that's like kind of a personal like they're well written and well acted and everything. But I think that's like a personal like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. You know, that attitude that I have, because like I, I, I go against stuff, you know. At my job every day, where it's like, yeah. hey, this is the way we've been doing it forever, and this is how it works. And it's like, it's not working, so maybe we should try this other thing. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I've been doing that for years at my job, <laughs> and I know a lot of people, other people, like have been doing that for years at their jobs. And I mean, that's just like a thing that happens in the world where, like, you know, the young are rattling against the, the, old and the old yeah. way of doing things Yeah. and like those, those scenes really like felt good to me yeah. because they finally like the person in charge was the one that was trying to try something new. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I and then that too. when it worked, it was like, yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like a lot of that is part of a part of why I like this movie so much. Um, but yeah, I mean like that stuff, those are, those are probably my favorite scenes. Um, least favorite scene is probably due is due to awkwardness just because of the fucking the stepdad being a dumbass and trying to relate to Billy. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's like trying to talk to him about baseball, but he doesn't know anybody's names. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah. And he's he's like, just like grinning through it. Just like, yeah, man. Uh huh. Yeah. So where is my daughter? Is she here yet? Like, what's going on? <laughs> You need no, to fuck off. I just, fuck I just off, talked to her on cell phone. Oh, she, she has, has a cell, cell phone? phone and I don't have the number and you gave it to her without asking me about it. And he's like, and the fucking stepdad's like, oh, well, you know, parenting decision. He's like, yeah, me and my, my, uh, ex-wife will talk about that. Her and her mother, yeah. me and my, her mother will talk about that later when you're not around or on the phone and have nothing to do with you because fuck you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The, the end of that scene is good. I like that because he just like completely shuts him down, and then they like basically stop talking. Yeah. Um. But the uh the the lead up to it, yeah, I w- I would probably have to say it's like my least favorite scene as well. Yeah. I do love when she calls him, and yes, when they start they're they're winning and like, yeah, and she's just like, hey, you know, I just want to say you're doing a good job and stuff yeah. like that because like no one else has said that to him. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And
0: so I thought that, I thought that was cool. And then it was also cool. She knew that he needed it. Right. Yeah. Because she knew that she knows him. Yeah. And knows that like how he is right. And what he's going through to get this done because she like, you know, knows him. Yeah. uh, And knows what's going on because they, she pays attention and their, their daughter pays attention. Yeah, because um, she asks him several times. she's like, should I be worried about you? Or are you going to lose your job <laughs> like yeah. a couple times before they start hitting <laughs> it off? And, uh, you know, she knows that he was in trouble and that like this idea wasn't panning out, but didn't know why it wasn't panning out. And when it starts panning out, she's like, all right, he's getting a win. And I know from the news coverage that no one is telling him that it's his win. Yeah. So I need to tell him that it's his win because he needs somebody to say it. And that was a really good scene, even, even though they're like amicably di- divorced and stuff. She understands yeah. and still cares about him. And like, that's yeah. a really cool scene. It's um, also like, you know, to hit that, like, it's good to like see that
1: too, though. Yeah, like, that, and, to and, be represented in to, media as yes. opposed to just like
0: always like the fucking uh, I hate you yeah. and I'm going to take your kid away. Or, you yeah. know, I'm an abusive piece of shit and there's a reason that you're taking the kid away. You know, that, yeah. that kind of relationship that is in every fucking movie that has a divorce in it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I fucking much. hate you. <laughs> Fuck off. You know, um, yeah. So I marriage like, story I um, it. <laughs> <laughs> until the very end. And then it became this, but, uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really interesting movie and there's like a lot of really good scenes in it. Um, You guys, if you haven't watched it and we've already ruined it, but like you should watch it anyway. It's still, yeah. I mean, I don't, I feel like this would be a hard
1: one to run. Like this is more like, Hey, like sit down and enjoy this. Like watch this, feel this movie. Cause it it is kind of like feel good. Like I liked it. It was, uh, had a good amount of inspiration to it without like seeming too overbearing and yeah, like, yeah. Uh,
0: you want to go to the trivia corner? Doing around the bases and go, go to the, go to the third base of the trivia. Yeah, let's do it. All right. We're going to third base of trivia. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> Woo, third base trivia. <laughs> uh, I paid, I played third base sometimes. This, this movie made me want to fucking play baseball again. Um, since there was no money to shoot in all the stadiums uh, the Oakland Athletics visited uh, during their run in 2002, Dodger Stadium was dressed up as eight different ballparks. Damn. Uh, when Chris Pratt auditioned for the role of Scott Hatterberg, he was told he was too fat. <laughs> Pratt decided to lose weight before the role was cast. And he said, I'd check maybe once a week, he recalls. I'd say they cast it yet and I would just keep working out. Finally, I got in good enough shape that it, I took a picture of myself and sent it to my agent and he got the role. Nice. Uh, there's some similar thing with, uh, uh, guardians. Yeah. <laughs> he took a picture of himself in underwear and sent it to James Gunn. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> am I ripped enough
1: for you <laughs> they got a weird thing going on I imagine
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> David Justice uh, is played by Stephen Bishop a former pro baseball player Bishop was a career minor leaguer and as a Braves prospect was nicknamed Young Justice due to his physical resemblance and similar playing style to David Justice that's pretty cool yeah. I don't know a lot about baseball I mean, David Justice was the older guy that they brought in that was like past his prime, but was like a.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. The guy that he was like, uh, that was a really good scene, too, because he was like. Oh, yeah,
0: when he tells him to be a leader. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, he's... that's a great scene.
1: <laughs> then yeah. He goes and he tries and he's like, what's your biggest fear? <laughs> <laughs>
0: that somebody's going to hit a ball to me? <laughs> and he laughs and he's like, yeah, no, funny. no, seriously that's my that's my biggest fear and he walks off <laughs> and justice is like hey man it'll be all right <laughs> that's a was good like fucking zine. fuck at least he tried i guess <laughs> uh all but about four of the scouts in the movie were played by actual major league baseball scouts uh, Tom Gamboa is perhaps best known as the Kansas City Royals first base coach who was attacked on the field by two fans during a game against the Chicago White Sox on September 19th, 2002. The father and son, highly intoxicated, ran onto the field unprovoked, tackled, tackled Gamboa, and threw several punches before being restrained by players in security. Gamboa ultimately suffered permanent hearing loss. Ooh. Yeah, so I think he was the one with the hearing aid. Yeah. Uh, Director Bennett Miller was so impressed by Karis Dorsey when she sang the show by Lenka during her audition that he not only cast her as the protagonist's daughter, but let her sing the 2008 song twice in the movie, which was set in 2002, sacrificing its historical authenticity. Huh. Yeah. So that little girl in the movie is actually singing that song. That's cool. That's cool. That's neat.
1: Yeah, I got one. Fuck you, Dave. Uh, (laughs) That's worth chewing some gum over.
0: (laughs) Yeah, some big league chew. I do a baseball thing. (laughs) Uh, During a meeting with scouts discussing players, one scout dismisses a player for having an ugly girlfriend. Translating this (laughs) is that the player has no confidence. The story that an athletic scout didn't want a player because he didn't have an attractive girlfriend is apparently true. But in real life, he cited his, his, this as meaning he had bad eyesight. <laughs> oh, my God. What a dick.
1: Wow.
0: What the fuck? Oh, man. Uh, Billy Bean is portrayed in the movie as a lonely divorcee. In real life, he had remarried. Scenes were shot with Catherine Morris as his second wife, Tara. They didn't make the final cut. And... Uh, Though they are included as Blu-ray extras, Brad Pitt's character still wears a wedding ring throughout the film, which I didn't notice.
1: Ah, that led me to believe that he was not over his ex-wife. Which works. I mean, it's fine.
0: Uh, Despite suggestions in the movie that Scott Hatterberg was a bad fielding first baseman, he ended the year with a fielding percentage of .994, higher than the league average for his position, of .993. So he didn't suck. Fuck you, Scouts. <laughs> scouts. <laughs> uh, Bennett Miller told the screening audience that A's assistant GM Paul the De depotest Paul De Potest, Paul depotesta. Jesus Christ! I'm sorry, Paul. <laughs> did not wish to have his real name used in the movie but was very helpful during its making while the filmmakers had no obligation to change his character's name to Peter brand. They did so willingly. Oh, that is actually super neat. Yeah. That
1: was respectful.
0: Uh, When Aaron Sorkin agreed to rewrite the screenplay, he stated as a condition that Steven Zalian name would not be removed from the credits because his draft was great. And Sorkin didn't really feel he could improve it much. What a guy! Yeah. I super like Sorkin. I think. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the we'll do a couple more. Uh, the crew had only one day to shoot the scenes of Billy Bean's visit to Fenway Park in Boston. It was raining that day, and the gloomy weather was kept in the final product product of the film, which I think lent to the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, the movie doesn't mention that the A's had three. Pitchers with 15-plus wins, Mark Mulder, 19, Tim Hudson, 15, and Barry Zito, 23, and two hitters with over 30 home runs and 100 runs batted in, Eric Chavez, 34 home runs and 109 batted in, and uh, Miguel Tejada with 34 home runs and 131 batted in. In fact, Miguel Tejada was the American League's most valuable player for 2002. Barry Zito won the coveted Cy Young Award. And uh, many scouts and students of the game often rank the early 2000s A's pitching rotation among one of the best in baseball history. Holy shit. Yeah.
1: So the guy with the wonky throw is just like the relief pitcher? Yeah. So what exactly is a relief pitcher?
0: Relief pitcher just like comes in later in the game, usually uh, in the middle. Okay. Like if somebody... uh doesn't go long and it's cause like usually you don't have a, a pitcher that starts and finishes a game. Oh, okay. um, so usually they'll go a few innings and then like, if they start getting tired or having too many pitches and they want to use them later, um, yeah. they'll bring in a relief pitcher and there's also closers, um, who, uh, and you also have like right, left stuff where like, if you're having problems with the left-handed batters or like a one guy, like a, Certain guy has problems with left-handed batters, and the team has yeah. a lot of left-handed batters. Okay. Then you switch pitchers to somebody else. Okay. Um, but closers also come in, and like they usually finish games. Um, okay. So we have a new segment for the next two months. It's Shane, Shane explaining sports. Explaining sports to Russell. I mean, I, I don't know everything, but I know a little bit. <clears throat> I play baseball. Not, we didn't really, I mean, we just were like, it wasn't like that in little league or like, even like, you know, pony. Yeah. And it was like, you know, Hey, cause when you, when you play, uh, major leagues, it's not really about like, uh, it's not the same, um, in like little league and pony league. And I don't know if they do it, they might do it in high school, but I don't know that they do it in college. Um, they count your pitches. So you can only pitch so many times. Oh, okay. And in a certain period because you're young yeah. um, and um, there's actually a pitcher that just uh, had an injury from, there's injuries you can get from just pitching, not from like having an incident where something happens. Like yeah. you can like tear your rotator cuff or there's a thing called Tommy John's um, okay. where you like burst a, a, t- a tendon or something in your forearm. Uh. Um, and it's really bad. Like it, sometimes it like ruins players careers. Um, there's a guy that just went out, uh, last week, I think. And they announced this week that he has to get Tommy Johns. Um, and it was really bad. Like he threw a pitch. It was wild. He looked like he was in a little bit of pain, but he was like trying to stomach it. Yeah. And, but he looked like he was dejected and they came out and talked to him like the, you know, the manager came out and talked to him and stuff. And like, they took him out and the announcer was like, he's going to have Tommy John surgery. That's that's what just happened, and he was right. Uh, Like he knew he knew what was going on, Mm -hmm. and that guy had already had Tommy John surgery once. So like his chances of like continuing his career are very small. Ooh, and he was like a really good pitcher. Um, I think his name's Grom. I'd have to look it up, but uh, yeah. So like, there's a lot of stuff that can happen to you as a pitcher that they try to protect kids from in like little league and and pony, and I think in high school. Um but like not so much in major leagues because you're like an adult and you're not growing anymore. And you're like, you know, you have trainers and everything like, so they don't yeah. do that. Like they do that. They try to protect their investments, but they don't like, you know, there isn't like a hard limit. I don't think on like how much you can pitch. Yeah. Um, Like there is in, you know, leagues for children or teens. Let's see. I'm going to do uh, two more. Cause they're kind of connected. And that's it. Okay. Uh, the film's original director, Steven Soderbergh. Okay. Uh, to, intended to have all the bla- baseball players portray themselves. When Columbia Pictures dropped the film, the script was later rewritten, and the new director, Bennett Miller, hired actors. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that would have been that would have been wild. Uh, when Steven Soderbergh was still supposed to direct, he had cast Brad Pitt and Dimitri Martin in the lead roles and, uh, had already shot interview scenes with baseball players, Lenny Dykstra, Mookie Wilson, and Daryl Strawberry to be included in the film. Holy shit. I haven't heard Daryl Strawberry's name in a long time. Dimitri Martin. Yeah. Dimitri (laughs) Martin. That would have been interesting. That'd be be weird, man. (laughs) Uh, but that's going to do it for, uh, Shane's third base of trivia. The 3rd base. <laughs> and well, now we're going to take it home and rate this. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give this movie a nine. Uh, it's not the best movie ever, but there's not really anything wrong with it that I can, like, pick out. I think all of the acting is really good. Uh, I think the subject matter is, is really interesting to me. Um, and the way it is dramatized makes it interesting enough for regular people that aren't interested in baseball or statistics or like the management of a team or something like that to, to latch onto and be interested in. Um, so like, I I think it's a really good movie that was really well written, uh, really well acted and, um, like we didn't talk about like cinematography or directing or anything, but I think it, all of that lad, uh, lads, all of that adds, um, <laughs> to the, the tone of, of all the scenes and the, the interest. And, um, I mean, it's not, it's not an action movie or a horror movie where you're not like getting like Dutch angles and shit or like big panning shots or whatever, but it's like, it's shot really well, and like all of the all of the uh the framing and everything like just lens to all the scenes really well and I think I think it was just extraordinarily well done um but like I said, it's not the best movie ever you know this doesn't didn't like you know make me weep or jump for joy or anything like that, so it's it's not getting a ten or nine five or nine eight or whatever it's getting a nine, Russell.
1: Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to agree pretty much with everything that you just said. Uh, I would also say a nine. Um, I don't have any particular issues with it, uh, and, like, based on it, it being based on, like, a real story, like, it kind of makes it hard to, like, say they should have done this, they should have done that. Like, if that's the story, that's the story. Um, I, I did want to shout out the scene, uh, one more scene, uh, where he's doing donuts in his truck because he's frustrated. Yes. Like, I loved that. I and love that. And that was shot, like, entirely in the cab. And because usually when, like, because that's, that's a thing. that's That's been a thing in movies. Like, this dude's mad. John he's going to do some donuts. Yeah. He goes and, and drives his car yeah it yeah. usually pans out of the car shows or, you the driving yeah shows you the driving i liked how intimate the scene felt yes with keeping the camera in the cab and just showing him and he like does a donut I'm
0: all this do stuff, another one all the stuff with him <laughs> not watching the games was very similar too, right because yes. like he doesn't watch the games he's always yeah. like not even traveling with the team if they're traveling or if it's at home he's like in the clubhouse working out or, like, leaving, going to take a meeting or some shit. Yeah. He's not there. Yeah. But he's listening to it. And he's, like, listening to it like it's like it's fucking torturing him. Because he yeah. has to know what happens, but he doesn't want to know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, but, like, all the scenes where that's happening, he's in the cab of his truck. Or he's working out, but, like, it's, like, not showing, you know, Brad Pitt fucking doing pull downs from behind where you see his fucking lats, you know, yeah. where he, like doesn't have a shirt off. He's like, yeah. it's showing you like his arm is in the way and like showing you the expression on his face as he's listening to them lose or win or whatever. Yeah. And it's very intimate and like is more about his emotion when the shit is happening than the the thing that is happening in the scene. Right. Yeah. And that that. Is this uh, is like extremely well done and like, you know, shows that. Brad has acting chops and I like, I know that has not more recently. That hasn't been like a thing where people are like, he doesn't, but yeah. he definitely does. And like, this oh, is one yeah. of the big movies that showed that, you know, because oh, he was always sure. just like the beefcake <clears throat> kind of guy. Yeah. I, I usually, so this will be
1: another good reference point for me when, when cause like, I I'll argue for Brad Pitt pretty much all day long. Yeah, Like I, uh, he has his like characters that he plays and those characters sure. do end up sometimes being similar but like prior to this movie i would have told people i've told people like if you don't think Brad Pitt can act you need to go watch Meet Joe Black which like Meet Joe Black is a long movie sure but it's a it's a great movie uh, at least as far as i remember it has been years since i watched it yeah but um i've always said like go watch him in this yeah. like go watch him with Am- Anthony Hopkins and like go see like, go watch this movie and then tell me. Like sure. people are usually like, Oh, Fight Club, but love fight club. Seven. Seven. Seven's another great example. Like yeah.
0: he like, it's a totally different character, but it's a totally different character. It's not yeah. one that he plays all the time.
1: Yeah. You like know? motherfucker can act. Yeah. Like he can. So um he shows it in this movie. Yeah, he's, he does so good in this movie. Just some of his like facial expressions mm-hmm. throughout like the whole movie is fucking great. A couple of them confused me and then
0: he'd say something and I'd be like oh, that matches the expression. Yeah, he yeah, he's he's <laughs> like he's thinking about something and he's making a weird expression what is happening? And then he says something and you're like, huh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was well acted. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So, you know, phenomenal job by him. And like pretty much all the acting was really, yeah. I loved all I loved the loved acting. Jonah Hill in this. was pretty great. We um, talked about
0: that pretty much at length.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I'd gi- I'd give it a nine. That's a great movie. Yep. Um, I'm surprised I hadn't seen it yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, you know, I don't watch a ton of sports movies. Um, you know, us watching uh, Last Dance kind of was the impetus for us doing sports movies for two months. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, there's a lot of good ones um, and we're going to go over some of them uh, in the next few months. Yeah. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode where we talked about Moneyball. Next week, we are doing Any Given Sunday. Any Given Sunday for football. I have no idea if that's on anything. Um, If nothing else, you can probably rent it uh, for four bucks on Amazon. Um, I don't know if it's on anything for free.
1: Any Given Sunday is on Bravo, E, NBC, Sci-Fi, Telemundo, and available to rent on Amazon Prime.
0: So it's probably on Peacock. This just on says NBC. NBC, but I would think. I don't know. Anyway, you can rent it on Amazon. Uh, so that's what we'll do next week for football. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful time. Find us on all your social media, searching Drafted Quarters Productions. You can also find us on Patreon. Please subscribe for $1 um we're also going to set up our Amazon wish list hopefully this week uh we're again not using headphones today because we're having technical issues <laughs> 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 uh so yeah that's fun um but yeah everyone thank you so much for listening and supporting us uh please continue to do so um we have uh I guess we're going to give a prize out for people that share our shit at the end of the year. I don't know. Russell promised something on this week's episode of DQP Weekly.
1: There will be a prize. (laughs) There will be a
0: prize. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, (laughs) He doesn't know either. (laughs) We'll have one. We got six months to figure it out. (laughs) Oh, God. So uh, catch up. If you haven't been sharing our stuff or you don't have a social media Bill from Indy, get one. Uh, (laughs) Uh, But yeah, have a wonderful time. Thank you for listening. Bye. Let them make the mistakes. When your enemy's making mistakes, don't interrupt them. They're giving you an out. Just giving it to you. Take it and say thank you.